Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Today's guest is Hani Sagari. She is an entrepreneur, biochemist, and an anti-aging industry disruptor. Her holistic skincare brand, Cairo, uh, uh, is the accumulation of a lifelong mission to improve lives and increase longevity. Her str- she is no stranger to entrepreneurship and has experienced um, driving 600% year-over-year growth with her healthcare startup and taking an e-commerce startup from zero to over $20 million in growth over five years. She combines her business acumen, bioscience knowledge, and passion for empowerment and delivers far more than just skincare. Her brand is an opportunity to help lift women to become the next generation of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs and leaders. Following the footsteps of her mother, whose efforts lifted hundreds of wartime widows out of poverty, she has built a brand um, and has helped pave the way for women to change their skin, their incomes, and their lives for the better. So, honey, thank you for enjoying coming over and giving us a little talk about uh, your experiences as a thank you thank you that was a really generous intro (laughs) thank you thank you it was a mouthful i tried the best i could (laughs) thank you but you know your 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 background is impressive i wanted to capture everything and i wanted to invite you to the show to really speak about uh your leadership um in your space so tell us more about who you are aside from what i've read Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, my background, like you said, is in the sciences, but uh, besides the entrepreneurial aspect, I'm a mother. I'm, um, I have a one-month-old and an 18-month-old, so if you can imagine, I haven't gotten too much rest or sleep in the last, <laughs> I don't even know when the last time I, I slept was, um, but yeah, my, my background is in healthcare and I'm here to really create impact um, and change and improve as many lives as possible. So thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it on your show. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. excited. And thank you for agreeing to be on the show and to share more about your experiences, um, you know, and how you've led this amazing business. Um, so when you're working with women in this space, what are some of the, I'd say, challenges that they face and how have you and your business lifted them up? Sure. Um, I'll start at the beginning, if you don't mind, of why I even got into this or how I ended up here. Um, I was pretty fortunate, actually, I was very fortunate. I am fortunate to have been around really strong women in my life. Um, My mother, I'm I'm of Iranian descent, and my mother after the Iranian revolution in 79 was actually imprisoned and um, her roommates and a lot of close friends were executed and she was also um, on the execution list. So um, during her time in prison, a friend was able to 
meet with her and say, hey, um, I know you have worked with disadvantaged populations and you've worked with women um, who were prostitutes. Now they're ending up and uh, they're being sent to women's shelters. If I could get you out of prison, would you be able to run these shelters? And of course my mom's like, get me out of here. I'll do whatever it takes. And she did. Um, and the first thing she did when she did get into the, the, the shelter was um, to teach women skills. She found that there's a lot of value in um, occupying women's time or, or anyone's time uh, by teaching them a skill set. And slowly these shelters were being flooded with um, war uh, widows of servicemen because the Iran-Iraq war had started. So, um, you know, as you can imagine, these two groups and these two populations of, of street workers and widows who were a little bit more conservative, they were clashing. So um, she's like, yeah, I got to teach these women skills and I got to get their time, their minds occupied. Um, and she went back, she asked for sewing machines from um, the, the State Department at the time. And so like, can I have sewing machines to, to advance the, the skills of these women? And Sure enough, they, they came back and responded and said, well, if you can also create military uniforms and if you can um, create sheets for, for us because we're in desperate need, then you know not a problem. We'll give you a grant and we'll give you as many sewing machines as you want. And without knowing anything about business or assembly lines or factories or whatever, you know, she's a social worker. She set up um, these an assembly line for these women. So, you know, you guys make uh, sleeves and you guys make, um, you know, the, the collars of, of shirts and so on and so forth. And there was immense value in that, in that um, she was able to go back and be able to, to um, ask for stipends for these women to get paid for their work. And little by little over the course of several years, women in these shelters were able to be lifted out of their situation, able to save up. Some of them remarried, some of them moved out. And, um, you know, I had this really strong figure and this story um, in my life and I witnessed it to see, you know, how she was able to do this for so many women. And I was like, I want to do that too when I grow up and I want to do that. And in fact, I want to multiply it by many, many degrees. Um, and in fact, my, my paternal grandmother also, um, she only had a second degree education, a second grade education. And somehow she was able to, you know, start a bakery and start you know, with 10 kids, you know, start a bakery and start little small shops and later build apartment complexes, not knowing anything about, you know, engineering or whatnot. She was able to figure it out and just super resourceful. So to me, this concept of anything is possible was a big theme in my life that you don't have to know how to do something, just do it and you'll slowly figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, you know, that, that was a driving force and factor in my life. And um, I moved to the US at age seven and right away I made friends with all of the elderly in my uh, apartment complex and um, neighborhood. And if you can imagine by the time, you know, when, when, when I reached sixth grade or fifth grade, my friends slowly started to drop off one by one. And it was so much grief for, you know, a 10, 11 year old to, wow. to um, grasp. So I thought, 
it, it drove me to want to do something in the field of longevity. So I could, at that time, I was like, yeah, this way I could preserve their lives. If I could do some sort of research or I could be a physician or a doctor, I could keep my friends around longer and people like me won't have to experience so much grief, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, um, I just had a natural affinity for this population, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, anyway. So by the time I was in high school, uh, 16 years old, I think that's the legal age to work in New Jersey. Um, I found myself working at a nursing home. I was just gravitated to it. I went, I applied to all the nursing homes uh, by our home. And finally, one of them was like, yeah, you could, you could work as a receptionist. And I was like, I'll take it. I love it. And my shift would start at four. The administrators would typically leave around five. And that's when the fun started, really. <laughs> uh, at five o'clock, I would gather the um, all the uh, residents into the corridor and I would have them sing songs and I would um you know I would like I just saw how much joy they got from that one-on-one attention and and they kind of came to life and then you know um slowly little by little I got a little bit more bold and I started bringing my hair curling iron and my <laughs> makeup bag and I started doing their makeup and I saw how these um these women who were in wheelchair or you know very frail and like they wouldn't, they weren't very tall. They would come to life and all of a sudden Millie would be like sassy Millie. And <laughs> I was like, wow, how much impact does beauty have on, on someone's self-esteem no matter what age, right? They just come to life and I love that. So, um, you know, but this theme of like wanting to work in the field of longevity, figure out research and so forth um, was still on the back of my mind. So college I studied, Um, biology and and psychology and later studied biochem. I went on to grad school to to do that. Um, And when I graduated, I figured, you know what, back to my, um, my nursing home days, there's a lot of impact I could probably have with one-on-one interaction. So I wanna get into maybe like doing a better version of what nursing homes are supposed to be, or um, you know, doing smaller group homes. And I guess in California, they call it convalescent homes, but in New Jersey, we didn't really have that. We just had really large 180 bed um, long-term care facilities. So I was like, I think care needs to be a little bit more intimate. Um, so I, I started a home health care company out of, out of college, again, not knowing anything about business. And um, I really got a lot of joy when we first started immediately. I started uh, focusing on um, training our employees on uh, providing Alzheimer's dementia care because there's, um, there's a different approach that you have to take. And people, I think, who have Alzheimer's are sometimes a little misunderstood. They could be aggressive and so forth, but there's there's a reason behind that aggression. So if you could guide them, if, if you could give them keywords and so forth, um, you could really like impact their lives. And also I was looking into ways um, to maintain baseline for a lot of these uh, patients. How could we slow down this aging process? But um, as any good, business man or woman um, does this this uh, home care company grew and grew like fire within the first year we had over 100 employees I did um, over 1.2 million dollars again not knowing anything about what I'm doing it just grew and I and I I guess I 
I was trying to keep up with the growth and um, that, that part of being able to train, I couldn't keep up with the training of like doing the training one-on-one. And then I was also at the same time, my husband and I started a, um, an e-commerce fulfillment and logistics business. So, you know, I, I had so much on my plate and he would go to Korea to do the um, development of the software. And, you know, I was left with that business. I was, I was just starting to get burned out. And also um, we had these employees that we had, I was a little saddened that I couldn't provide them the economic opportunity that I wanted to, right? Um, And it it was just because of the insurance reimbursements or Medicaid reimbursements. Um, I wasn't able to give them what they wanted, but they were so hardworking. And it kind of got in my head, how can I be able to give people the opportunity to, the opportunity that I've had, right? That we've been able to create this business and it's grown so fast. And again, the next year I was able to double what I did the first year and so on and so forth. How can I give these women who are my employees the same type of opportunity, um, teach them the skills? Because obviously it's not the work ethic. They have it, they're working like crazy and they're doing the hard work. But I wish there was a way I could tell them like, why don't you start your own business? Have you considered that? And um, so at the same time, um, our e-commerce business was growing very, very fast. Um, and, you know, the business model and the home care wasn't really sustainable in the sense of like what I wanted to do, um, I, the impact I wanted to have. It wasn't, it wasn't coming through. So I decided to sell that and focus my attention on the e-commerce business. And um, after a couple years, I was like, it's time to start over and really do. Now that I've gathered all this experience, now it's time for me to create a business that I'm really, really passionate about. I can have the impact that I want to have. I can provide the economic opportunities that I want to provide. Um, and I could do something in the field of longevity and aging, right? Instead of doing the care aspect, I always wanted to do research. So um, how can we incorporate all these beautiful pieces? And during my time of, in the e-commerce business, I also learned about this world that mm-hmm. and, you know, a decade ago, it was still at its infancy or not infancy, but it was still very young. And I watched um, these clients of ours grow from zero to a hundred million in two years. And I was like, wow. There's a lot of opportunity. So how can I incorporate e-commerce with this longevity, this, this, um, the field of longevity and mm-hmm. uh, still incorporate the impact I'd like to have. And so, it so took two years. Yeah, so it took two years, long- but Chiral was, was born out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So amazing background. So when you say, uh, so first of all, I want to comment on your point about um, how you were able to, you know, use your talent in in in, in um, putting makeup on these women, and they would come to life. So I can really relate to that because, I, so I'm one of twelve kids, and my mom, she, of course, as you know, you know, having being a mother, um, she could, you know, she didn't have time to focus on herself. She gave all her attention and energy to us kids, and so 
it was only up until recently that my my niece who's a makeup artist started to like you know put makeup on her and she was just so happy and it's just mm. she, i've never seen her come to life as much as she does when makeup is on her face and you know she's just someone else you know she's sassy mm-hmm. she has more courage she's more confident so i love the fact that you're helping a lot of these uh you know women to to you know bring out their inner confidence and in, in their beauty that's important work and i think you know i also have some investment in, in skincare like i take a pretty good you know a care of my, my skin you know i have a, a daily routine that i follow to make sure that you know I'm, I'm beautiful and young and and so you know it's it's important because that just affects your your confidence and you know your, uh, how you show up in the world so um the other point uh, I wanted to touch on is when you say long, longevity, like, do you mean um, in terms of like health wise or like beauty wise? Like, what's your definition of that? Uh, well, your skin is your biggest organ, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the first place to show what's happening underneath, um, under under the hood, right? So right. long, um, long longevity is really it takes place inside and on a cellular level but your skin shows the outcome um Got it. so you're talking about like the, the yeah biological makeup that 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 makes up our skin and exactly eat, you know how we manage our stress all of exactly. that exactly change the complexity of our or the makeup of our skin is that what i'm that's correct saying? yeah Got yeah it. so um, we created this product line that reflects that, right? Um, I thought if I could have, the, first of all, I hate the term anti-aging because oh, it's so negative. What what is anti-aging, right? There's mm-hmm. there's the concept of aging well, but um, right. I wanted to do something that was really effective because I would watch these infomercials and they would talk about oh reverse aging overnight, reverse take off ten years. And I'm like, no, there's no such thing. And obviously, everyone wants to slow down aging, and and but the focus should be on aging well. So what does that entail? It really entails having the education to know what does that mean. What what is aging? It's such a complex topic. So I wanted to educate people on that, and then I also wanted to give them the products that really do the work. Um, And that would mean personalizing products for individuals, um, creating it just for them. And so we created Chiral out of, um, you know, it's a personalized line of skincare and supplements. You take a quiz and a custom formulation is made for you based off of your skin's pH. And everybody talks about, oh, we have these great ingredients. Well, ingredients are not enough. Like you need to focus on the concentration of these ingredients and the pH at which these ingredients are really effective. So that's what we did. We created this algorithm and the platform that learns about you, your skin, um, your lifestyle, and then we're able to formulate products for you and that change and, and continue to grow with you as you um, you continue. But more important than that, we have a background that focuses on educating people, um, either through our videos or their content. We have an ingredients page that I didn't want to just like put ingredients out there. I wanted to tell people that, look, it's been scientifically proven that this this is effective. So mm-hmm. that's, that's our focus, um, like research-based, clinically formulated products that are effective. Right. So what's yeah. your concept of both? Um, 
the environment and how your products come to play with environment for, let's say, your consumers who want to buy your products, but may be interested in how they're being made because they care about the environment. Sure, that's a very, I mean, everyone's talking about um, environmental impact and it's so important. Um, all of the ingredients that we use are biocompatible. They're meant to work with your skin's um, uh, natural processes, uh, especially the cellular turnover process, which is um, the process of pushing skin, you know, re rejuvenating skin. So um, all of our ingredients are meant to work with that uh, cellular process and they are environmentally friendly in that they're made out of natural products, right? Um, so yeah, we do have that that on our mind um, for sure, but. <laughs> awesome, that's awesome. I, that's, you know, of course, um, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, for example, I shop at Whole Foods and, you know, there's a lot of products or, you know, they have like a, a label that says, you know, um, you know, we we raise our, our animals uh, humanely, and we do it in an environment that is sustainable, that doesn't have a negative impact in the environment. And so, um, and this is just not on the food industry, but other, you know, it, it also um, translates to other industries as well. And it's something that people do have, uh, you know, a lot of concern about. Uh, we live in a world sure. where we have to take care of the planet because if we don't, then obviously it's not going to be here for us, right? And so, yeah, absolutely. You know, figuring out a beauty product and see if it works if we can't figure out, you know, how to build a planet where all of us can live. And so um, that's important. Um, yeah. So, oh, go ahead. I agree. Oh, okay. Um, so, how would you consider yourself? So, you're an established entrepreneur. When did you consider yourself as a success? Oh, gosh, um, I don't consider myself a success <laughs> and I don't ever want to uh, because success to me is impact. How many lives are you able to touch? And I think um, that work will never end. So in the, the term success, I don't think I'll ever achieve it. Um, mm -hmm. But I will work diligently every single day. Um, and I'll do my best to achieve success in the impact that I have on women and in anyone's lives, individuals lives. But um, no, I and never, <laughs> yeah, I never achieved it. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I love that. You know, you know what that <laughs> signifies? It means that you have, uh, you're considering yourself perhaps a lifelong learner, um, even if you achieved um, in the, the, the peak of a mountain, there's always another mountain to climb, right? And yeah. so um, it's an ongoing uh, journey and that's how you become better is by pushing yourself. And so I love that you view success as a journey rather than a destination. Um, exactly. Would you say that's true? Yeah, no, that that is true. And um, it's funny, someone recently called me an insecure overachiever. And I think they meant it as a compliment, but um, <laughs> it can come off as being insecure, right? When you're like, I'm not successful and so forth. But I find that it drives me and it pushes me um, because ultimately my goal is to impact people's lives, right? Like allow them to have the opportunities that we have and that work will never be done because after you um, 
after I finish here in the US, there's another country or there's another place. There's there's always gonna be challenges um, that I can I can tackle. So um, it's not from a place of insecurity, I guess, but rather a place of really wanting to drive impact. Um, yeah, there's always a different mountain. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in you know, as you're saying that, you know, I, I see you're looking down and you're like probably reflecting <laughs> on some of the things you've done and you know, where you can improve on perhaps. And the thing about, for me, for my concept of success is, of course, for me, it's a, it's a journey and it will always be a journey um, and there's no destination. That's the fun part. And what I often fail at is recognizing and appreciating the moments that lead to uh, to uh, to joy or or perhaps despair, but that's part of the journey, and we have to mm -hmm. realize that. And so, when, for example, if I set a goal and I achieve it, I find it to be less meaningful for me than to actually be on a journey and appreciating every moment on this journey because that's where the fun part is right mm -hmm. so um you know I, I think that uh you know success you know is different for everyone uh in your case you say impact and i love that driving impact i think that in order to improve people's lives we have to have impact what does that mean to you how does impact show up I think you kind of, you know, gave a, a glimpse of it uh, early on saying that you, know, you want to be able to pro provide opportunities for people so that they have the kind of um, financial gains that you you have, but uh, are there more to, more to it than just that? Sure, um, that's a really good question. I think impact can also come in the form of educating, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that. So, um, one of one of the things that we wanted to do with our brand is if you come to our site and buy nothing but you learn something then we've done our job so um i want to be able to teach uh, whether it's entrepreneurial skills how to um, generate more wealth or learn about the human body or longevity that to me is impact and i guess in the sense of success yeah i've, I've achieved success if you learn something from me. I would, I would um, love that, but yeah, there's um, the educating aspect of it is, is because I've, I've learned, I mean, I'm continuing to learn from different people. I learn from you. Um, I'm a byproduct of the mentors that have been generous enough to take the time to teach me. So if I could pass that on and um, reach as I climb, then Oh my God, how amazing would that be? I would love that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that when people look to us, um, they they definitely see, um, you know, obviously our, 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 our character or the traits that make up who we are, but really they're also looking for what value can we bring to them in their lives, right? What mm -hmm, impact can mm -hmm. they can we have in their lives that will uplift them to be um, better than they were? And so, um, and that's what the show is really about is to uh, help people to be better um, mm -hmm. every day. Either that is, um, you know, changing certain things about themselves or certain habits or looking at success a different way. Um, 
So I know you've mentioned a few things about uh, you know some of the challenges that you face as an entrepreneur. Um, how do you get through those challenges? What are some of the habits or tools or resources that you tap into to uh, get through tough times? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people, and it's it's so cliche, but there's, I guess with cliche sayings or statements, you don't really understand them until you live through it. But mm. um, I think still showing up every day, like how do I get through it? I show up, I still show up no matter how beat down I feel, how exhausted I am, how, um, how dismotivated I may be, I still show up. So that's, that's super important. But um, the conviction and the why is very important too, right? Money cannot be your driving factor. And, and I've been there where, you know, I've, been, I've made money, but I felt dissatisfied. I didn't feel like I'm making the impact and mm -hmm. I'm not empowering people around me. And it just leaves you feeling empty. Your gas tank's empty. So finding your why and sticking with it. Like my why is how many people and how many women can I empower? That gets me out of bed. Even when I haven't slept, um, I gave birth and literally <laughs> I, I came home from the hospital. I took a day and then I went back and I was like, I need to show up even if it's for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Right. So um, yeah, how do I get you through tough times? Having the conviction of knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm on this journey and I'm, I'm you know, the, the destination's not as important as the, the journey itself. So right. um, show up every day. That's the advice I can give. <laughs> so it sounds like you have everything so well put together. Like you have um, a, a, a good definition of what success means to you and you have your minds you have the right mindset um, in that you see success as in a journey. You, your, your, your legacy is to make an impact on, on people. And you're using your entrepreneurial skills to um, not only coach people, but help them help uplift them to be in a better place than they were. And so it's, it's, I mean, I, I, I mean, so many people that don't have the types of uh, thinking or mindset that, that you do. So what is it about you that makes you who you are today? Because that in itself is just incredible. It's like amazing. Uh, oh, you're so sweet. You're <laughs> so sweet. I think one is, um, thank you for saying that. Uh, one is, is, is the fact that we are immigrants, right? I, mm -hmm. I was born in the middle of the Iran-Iraq war. I'm riding on the back of my ancestors in a sense and not to put so much pressure but like it took a lot for me to be here there's so many right. people that um had to endure hardships for me to get here um my mom herself with her journey of being in in prison or my dad you know he he left iran not knowing a single a lick of english and being mm -hmm. um in, in Spain for some time and then you know making his way here and working so hard to go to school and, and so like um how can I not be inspired by these people and and we're in this land of infinite opportunities I have to make the most of it right mm -hmm. um because I guess in other places around the world that opportunity is not there so if I'm here like I better take advantage of this and I don't want to I guess my biggest fear is in a sense, um, 
looking back and saying, I wish I could have done that when I had the chance or oh, darn, if I only took that risk. So mm. it's like, just live every day fearlessly and do as much as you can. And like, what's the big deal, right? That we're, we're all so small in the bigger realm of things. <laughs> like, why not? You know, what do you have to lose? So, and there's no better place than, than the U.S. to take these, these chances and have this opportunity, right? Right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, when I hear the slogan, make America great again, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, yeah, great. Like, uh -huh. I mean, some people I find it, they take things for granted here in the US. And I can relate to your experience because uh, I'm in a similar situation as well. My parents are political refugees of the Vietnam War, and they came here with nothing, empty pockets, I uh, spoke no word of English, and um, you know I grew up in, a, in an apartment of uh, uh, one bedroom apartment with seven kids mm. in one bathroom, and it was hard to 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 live through that experience. And I remember like one of the things I hated most about uh, being a kid growing up during that time when we were so poor was that um, you know we lived in a busy street. Um, and there was a laundromat that was about uh, five blocks away and we would like haul our dirty laundry on this block on the street and people would see us as we're hauling this you know basket you know of, of dirty laundries to, to the laundromat and I hated that and and so you know growing growing up in that environment and seeing what my parents went through and what I went through as a kid and um, not ha really having the, uh, I guess, normal uh, childhood experience where you get to hang out with your friends and join sports. And because I was busy taking care of my, my siblings um, while my mom was taking, busy taking care of the, the very young um, you know, uh, siblings. And so it's, uh, yeah, I, I had to grow up really quickly and matured quite uh fast um more so than my peers um like when i was a uh, you know in, in middle school i was ready for high school when i was in high school i was ready right <laughs> you know because i was just mm -hmm. that much more mature than a lot of my peers and so like growing up was not easy and and seeing what my parents went through i have an infinite love and um a devotion to them and that really propelled me to achieve um, the things that I've achieved, you know, not only did I obtain my bachelor's, but I have a master's, uh, thanks to my dad's Christian for uh, for education, and you know, also all of that, like the studies, like how to navigate through the complexity of the educational system, and who do you talk to, how do you, you know, ask these questions, talk to your financial advisor or counselor about these these classes, like all that, I had to learn it the hard way. Like I didn't have uh -huh. um, my parents uh, to give me the insight of how the working uh -huh. of the institution work, um, operates. And so I think in a way, I, now that I'm reflecting on it, I should be proud of that because I was, you know, it meant that I had to be resourceful. I had to be, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and all of those, these traits, um, that lead you and I to where we are today uh, are traits of a leader, a trait, uh, are traits of um, an entrepreneur. And so 
Um, I, I just love that, you know, you have such a distinguished background and you're able to uh, leverage it um, to make a positive impact in the communities that you serve. And uh, to your point about um, how money doesn't achieve success, I think the ultimate failure in life is when you've reached um, financial success and realize that you're not happy. And so mm -hmm. what does that mean? They mean that means that we have a purpose or a why. We have to tap mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you kind of mentioned what your purpose was. And I wanted to stop you there and, 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 and really like kind of, I wish we could just like tweak that out because your purpose is really, how do you make an impact in, in the lives of your, your, your clients and your community, right? Right, right, right. And so, um, so this leads me to my next question, which is what inspires you uh, and, and why? Yeah, well, besides my parents, um, obviously I, I touched on that, um, but I'm inspired by um, my employees. I'm inspired by, um, I mean, I, I guess, who am I inspired by? Um, do you my have children. A, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you mentioned that the other day. Yeah, I guess um, people who are lifelong learners inspire me. I always, there's there's someone I look up to um, and I, the people that I look up to are lifelong learners. They're curious. Um, they have this hunger for life and there's not one person that I can pinpoint. Um, mm -hmm. There are so many great leaders that I look up to, but in general, it's um, any individual that really has this thirst for life. And I want to be around that energy. I want to <laughs> be around them. And they come in the form of like, you know, just anyone, you, you can yeah. learn something from anyone, but those are, um, I'm inspired by, <laughs> I hate to say it, but there's something I, 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 I can learn from anyone and everyone, you know, from the parking attendant downstairs mm -hmm. and, you know, like, how well he knows what he's doing, like that inspires me. I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, I want to be just like you. Like, right. you're so good at what you do, and your interactions are so amazing. Um, I'm inspired by people who can communicate effectively because that's an area I'm working <laughs> on right now. Really, I can't um, tell that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, I, I think uh, we we briefly spoke about it. Um, I think it's like the communication style of Middle Eastern culture and the the West is just so different, right? We like tell stories and we go on and on and it sometimes sounds like rambling. Whereas um, on the on the West, it's like get to the point. Like tell yeah. me what you say, what you want to say. Get to the point. And I think it's um, not to derail, but I think it's part of the part of the reason is this land of um, so many immigrants, right? We had to like simplify communication because in order to communicate with one another and we have to get to the point. So now it's kind of like that's become the norm of communication. So I'm trying to become better at it. And I listen to um, like podcasts or um, people to, to learn from and so I'm inspired by that. But there's not one thing that inspires me. It's hard to say. Um, like I'm really inspired by the fact that 
you know, we've made our way to Mars right now and we're sending back these images. Like, that's amazing. We, there's a whole new frontier. I get like tears in my eyes <laughs> thinking about that. So there's just so many inspirations on a daily basis. It's hard to yeah. say that there's that one thing. Um, yeah, yeah I, no, no, not at all. I mean, I think that you have, you have eyes for beauty all around you, even the little things. And I wish more people had that right? I wish more people could stop and just look at a person, it doesn't matter who it is, and just say, look, you, you know, I, 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 I see you, I, I recognize you, and that gives people a sense of appreciation because you're seeing them for who they are as a human mm -hmm. being, as, um, in, you know, as someone of value right um mm -hmm. you mentioned the uh, was it the the assistance or the uh, attendance i mean that's how many people can go through life and, and look at someone uh in that position and say you know i i see beauty in you right because mm -hmm. when we when we're so horrible and it's like when we run in, in our own show we we sometimes and, and i know people who will look down on others who don't have the same status as them. Oh, you don't make that much money. Well, I don't, I don't want to get to know you. Or mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you're just, you know, an assistant, you know, just and they they're treated disrespectfully. And I think that mm -hmm. you know, we can go through life seeing beauty in everyone and everything and appreciating it. Mm -hmm, I think that mm -hmm. we can really maximize the joy that the creator or God or whoever you want to call it, um, you know, uh, brings into, into life. Mm -hmm. Because if we were to right, right, go yeah. back to your, the cellular level, we are a makeup of cells, right? I mean, mm how -hmm. were we formed? I mean, it was a makeup of cells, right? And so right. we had to, um, you know, stop and reflect on the, the little things and really, uh, take in the beauty that that um, that's in it, even though we may mm -hmm. not see it first. And so, yeah, yeah, I love you, you know, it's you know the the saying like the more you know, the the more you realize how much you don't know. Um, <laughs> I think maybe several years ago, I I thought I had it figured out, but I'm in this phase like I'm just taking it all in, and I'm learning every day. So it's really hard for me to like have very um rigid ideas of what what I am who I am what I what I like what I don't like because I, I'm like I don't know I haven't I haven't tried it all I, ha I don't I haven't experienced it all I haven't interacted with with all that there is so how can I make a very deterministic uh decision on who I am, what I want, what I like, you know, I could give you an idea of what I think I like right now, but that may change. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting because if you talked to me 10 years ago, it would not be like that. I was very like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is what, um, and, and not to say I don't have that in, in like a business plan or you have to have some sort of goal, um, in mind, but I understand the pivots that take place you know you think you haven't figured it out until bam tomorrow it all changes and mm -hmm. um 10 10 months ago i had this beautiful routine like i would wake up at five i would do this i would do that 
And then you have a kid and it all goes down the drain, drain right? <laughs> and, you know, or month five of pregnancy, you can't do what you did month three or, you know, so I've learned to become very flexible and be open to different ideas and constantly learn, be like really, really um, appreciate the fact that I'm a lifelong learner and I will change and I have to evolve constantly. So um, to your point of what inspires me, like so many things, everyone, my graphic designer, how amazing he is at what he does and how he, he's able to come up with these creative ideas. I'm like, how did you do that, right? Um, or just talking to you, your experience, to listening to you. It's like, wow, that's pretty awesome, right? You guys were, your, your family was, were political refugees. You made it here and you had to start from, from the beginning and learn English. And mm -hmm. so it's like, I'm impressed by you as well. <laughs> you inspire you. me. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. just thinking about it. I mean, if really, we were to really think about it, like, I'm like one generation away from prosecution, right? One generation yeah. away from prosecution. Like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. And to be able to live in a country where there's endless opportunities and people are all over the world are trying to make it. Um, you know, I should be grateful of that. And so one of the yeah. things that I do um, and I try to do on a daily uh, basis is, is find gratitude because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and you and I know this because we have similar backgrounds is that when we're able to appreciate things, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's something about the energy of the universe that just brings us more positivity, more joy um, mm -hmm. when we're grateful for it. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I see, you know, kids that things are just giving, get, things are just um, provided to them. And they don't appreciate that. You know, I kind of wonder about my nieces and nephews who now have iPods and iPhones and, and they're so in elementary and middle school. And I'm like, I hope that they, like that doesn't change, um, you know, the the um, the mindset of, of what it means to be, to be human. And I hope that, um, you know, these materialistic things don't change who we are as humans, because at the end of mm -hmm. the day, we're, it's about relationships, right? It's about relationships, it's about the things that matter. Like when we're in our deathbed, we're not gonna take our money with us, how can we? Um, mm -hmm. And they're not gonna be there, you know, in the side of our bed, are they gonna talk to us? No, like our iPhones, iPads, or the, our car helping like homes, like they're not gonna be there. It's the relationships that are gonna hold your hand. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, well, I'm actually pretty hopeful on that note. I'm pretty hopeful about the next generation because, you know, like like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for example, mm -hmm. like after all of our needs are met, right? We have it all, then what? Then like, and I think we're at this pivotal point in at least um, Western culture and that like, we're now starting to realize I have it all, what's next, right? And we are, you, you see it with the Gen Zs. They're a lot more mindful. Um, they're a lot more conscious in, in, in many different ways that we weren't because we were, you know, always, when you're in this hamster wheel or you're trying to achieve the, the basic, your basic needs, it's hard to think about these things. So I, I am in a way hopeful 
that generations to come, once all their needs have met, now we can really think about the bigger things. What does it mean to be human? How can we have greater impact? How can we all connect even more? And these conversations are starting to come up and um, I love it. And I think it's gonna become even more of a theme in, in, in years to come, right? Especially yeah. with technology, um, getting in the way of that that human interaction, that that one on one, face to face or touch and feel and so forth. So I think we will start asking those questions, and hopefully, we'll get back to those those um, very important things of what it means to be human. Yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah I love that, um, and I hope that you know if, if we use technology right, then we could really um, you know be the, the, the driving force for, for, for change, for good change. And that's one of the mm -hmm. things why I host, I host this podcast is to get people to start thinking about these meaningful topics around what mm -hmm. is the purpose? You know, how do you drive impact in your communities? How do you uplift not only yourself, but the people around you? How do you generate more uh, value in this world? And how do you get people to connect to one another. And so I hope that by um, having, you know, amazing guests such as yourself on the show to speak about these topics that uh, hopefully it will help uh, improve the lives of people who are struggling so much on, um, you know, what it means uh, to be here on earth and why, you know, why do I exist? Um, and, and how can I make a difference in the world? Um, right. Yeah, I think things get a little, they go, they get bad and then they get much better. So yeah, right now with social media and everything, um, it is having a negative effect on a lot of people, right? I, I recently read a study that individuals who spend so-and-so amount of time daily within six months, the depression rate goes up and et cetera. Um, or I, I think it was a, a, a village in Africa where, where, where they didn't have TV or anything. And these people rated very high on the happiness scale. And then as soon as they introduced television to them and they saw the Kardashians and they realized yeah. that they didn't have, all of a sudden their, the, the, um, their happiness score went down significantly. So I think, um, yeah, things will get bad a little bit and before they start to, to get, get up and people are starting to have the conversation, right? Around it, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, what, what you see on social media is not necessarily an accurate depiction of people's lives. And um, again, education is empowerment and we're slowly, we're gonna start having these conversations soon, um, but I'm very hopeful <laughs> about yeah, the next generation and my children's future. Yeah. I'm excited for them. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that. It seems like you have a, a, um, a good head on your shoulders and you know a positive perspective of what life means to you. Um, what advice uh, would you give my my listeners? Um, advice. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> either could be. You know, I haven't. I haven't figured it all out yet. So I think showing up every day is super important, right? Um, don't expect immediate results, and don't ex don't don't let financial goals be your motivator, right? Well, have a bigger purpose and why. Um, and show up every day, right? Even if it like 
that, that, again, these sayings are so cliche, but there's something in cliche sayings and you don't really understand until you experience it. Um, when they say, I don't know if it's 50% or 60%, maybe I would say 70% of the work is showing up, right? right. Um, or I think it's Seth Godin that says like, in, don't go after the results, go after the process, work at your craft, even if you don't see the immediate results right away. So have a bigger purpose, um, show up every day and don't think of failure as this like black or white thing. Um, there is no such thing as failure. You always learn uh, from your mistakes, you pivot. There's no failure, you give up, you quit, but you never ever fail. Right. So don't, don't get that word out of your vocabulary. Um, so hopefully those are, that's advice, but I'm still figuring it out. So um, this is what, what's worked for me. Yeah. And I think another thing that works for me, if I could just give you like a, um, one thing that I do, a piece of advice is um, write your goals down, right? Mm -hmm. Write big picture goals, smaller daily goals and make it achievable and attainable. So you kind of get that little like, mm -hmm. ah, I did something today, right? Um, like don't make a long list on a daily basis of 20 things, put six things down that are attainable. So you feel good. And then tomorrow you have that motivation to do even more and bigger things. So little attainable goals, don't quit, don't give up and show up every day. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it seems like it's, you know, it, it is, you're right. I mean, just thinking back at my, my sales career, like it's, easy to connect with people on a zoom call like my, my prospective clients on a zoom call but to actually go out get dressed you know put on your hair you know your makeup in your case and go out and 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 meet your your prospective client like that brings so much value than you know uh, interacting with a mobile phone call or something you know that isn't in person and so of course it's hard today because of the pandemic but eventually all of this will be over and we'll back we'll be back to normal and so it's it is really uh, oh my gosh I can't wait yeah <laughs> I'm excited for that day for us <laughs> to meet in person about coffee these basic things that we <laughs> used to take for granted I miss that but you're right yeah uh, yeah well we're, we're above time um so where can people find you in your work should they want to connect with you Sure. I mean, if you visit our site, chiral.com, Q-Y-R-A-L, um, I regularly post there. Um, I put out blog posts, whether it's about entrepreneurship, longevity, beauty, skincare. So um, you can go there to, to read and find more information. I'm on, um, most of my handles are at Honey Sigari. So you can find me on social media, Twitter, um, or you can email me honey at chiral.com. And follow us on our Instagram page, Chiral Skincare. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you so much, uh, especially you for um, you know sharing some insight in contributing your 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 knowledge in this space. Um, and I'm happy that you're part now part of a purpose driven community that I've I've. I've built and so um there's exciting things in the future for this podcast and um and i and i'm happy that you're you're part of this uh this community oh congratulations <laughs> i'm excited for you i yeah. look forward to your um to growing this community and the impact that you're trying to have 
I look forward to many, many years of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, folks, thank you so much for listening to this um, episode. Uh, appreciate your time. And um, if you know, if you want to connect to uh, Honey, uh, you know where to find her. Uh, thanks again. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs>